I'm going to be speaking today about hearing from God, actually, and just listening to his voice. Um, in, my, in my personal daily readings, in my Old Testament daily readings, I've been reading from the book of Kings, which is quite interesting now because we've got a new king. Um, and when, I, when, I'm, when I've been reading now, I've been seeing places like, oh, in such and such a year, so-and-so became king of Israel, and he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did this, that, and the other. And then you read again, then, then someone else came, and he became king, and he did good in the eyes of the Lord. And um, as I've been reading, I've been like saying, Lord, let us also be able to say, in 2022, King Charles III became king of, of the United Kingdom and Great Britain, and he did good in the eyes of the Lord. May we be able to say that. Um, but anyway, today I'm reading um, mainly from, uh, well, we're looking at the life of Elijah. But just to give you a bit of context and background. Um, so at that time, there was a king called King Ahab, um, who was the, uh, the king of Israel at that time. And he had a wife, a wife called Jezebel. You might have heard of them. Um, and the Bible actually says they did even more evil than ever before in the sight of the Lord. They worshipped Baal um, and Jezebel, the wife, actually ordered the killing of all the prophets of the Lord um, at that time because they, they really wanted to, to worship Baal and to make um, Baal the god of the land. Um, but Elijah was one of the prophets at that time. Um, and Elijah actually made himself, he presented himself well through someone, through, through um, um, King uh, Ahab's uh, servant, but he presented himself to King Ahab. He literally came forward because all the other prophets had been hiding because they were being killed. Jezebel had said, if you're a prophet of the Lord, you're going to be slaughtered. You're going to be killed. But Elijah made himself known and said, here I am. But then he said, I'd like to challenge you, uh, king. Um, bring all the prophets of Baal, and there's me here. And then we'll have, um, we'll bring, we'll bring um, a cow, right? Like, you know how they did the sacrifices in those days. Um, we'll, we'll build, an, um, we'll put wood um, and, and build kind of like a, a, a sacrificial altar, right? And then put our cows, so there'll be two, one there, one there. Um, and then we won't light a fire. You call on your God and ask him to bring down the fire. I'll call on my God to bring down the fire. And the one who answers by fire, he is a true God. So King, King Ahab said, yeah, let's do that, yeah? So they put that into place, um, so the prophets of Baal, there were a lot of them, 250, I think, or so. Um, we will we'll get into the scripture, but I just want to give you a bit of context. Um, so then these prophets of Baal started calling, oh, oh, Baal, come light this fire, do this, Baal, do it, Baal, do it. Nothing happened from morning to noon to night. Nothing happened. And Elijah started taunting them, actually, and saying, oh, where is your God? What happened? Is he sleeping? Where is Baal? 
wake him up. Maybe he's busy serving someone else. Then wake him up. Come on, come on. And he was taunting them and nothing happened. And then it was Elijah's turn. And then Elijah, he was a bit of a show off because he said, right, okay. So we've put the wood and everything and the sacrificial animal, but actually bring some water. And they brought water and they, and, and they, they, they filled the whole place with water. And he's like, no, 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 more water, please. He put more water and he even put like trenches and he's like, yeah, I want to make sure that there's water. The whole place is drenched. The wood is wet. The animal is wet. There's trenches. All, everything is wet. Even to get to the place, it's now wet. And then he says, okay, so now I'll pray. Then he called upon the name of the Lord. And it wasn't even a long prayer. He called upon the name of the Lord and the Lord heard his, his prayer and answered him. He answered by fire. That's what the word says. He answered by fire because a fire came down and consumed the animal, um, the sacrificial animal. And then everybody knew that uh, Elijah's God is the God of all gods and the Lord of all lords. And having done that and having demonstrated God's mighty power in the presence of all these prophets of Baal and, and King Ahab and everything else going on, um, so then Elijah then ordered the killing of the prophets of, um, of Baal. All of this happened, and I don't think Jezebel was there, because Ahab then went back home and told his wife what had happened. Woo! She was furious. She was fuming. And she said, where is this Elijah dude? I'm going to kill him. Send a message to him and tell him that by this time tomorrow he will be gone. When Elijah heard this, having seen the power of God, he became very afraid. Scared. He was trembling. He was so scared. But he had seen, he had just seen the power of God, right? But anyway, then he ran away. And he ran and he ran. And, and, and God provided for him, actually, whilst he was, because he was like, Lord, no, I just want to die now. Please take my life. I just want to die. So we're in 1 Kings chapter 19, right? When, 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 when Jason is going to put it up for me, yeah? So 1 Kings chapter 19, when Elijah has been running away now, and the angel of the Lord had actually appeared to him and given him some food to strengthen him. Um, but he was like, no, I just want to die. I just want to die because Jezebel is after me. She's going to kill me. She's going to kill me. But anyway, 1 Kings 19, and we, we start from verse 9. Yeah. Right. Then he went into a cave and he spent the night. This is Elijah. He's now hiding. Um, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the house of, uh, of the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've broken down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. 
And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They have broken down your altars and put your prophets of, to death with the sword. And I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also, anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat from Abel, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the, the sword of Jehu. Yet I revere 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and all whose mouths have not kissed him. Very interesting story. You should read it, actually. Um, and all the stuff I'd been talking about before, I, I, the two chapters before 19, or maybe actually just in 18. But we, we are where we find now Elijah, right, in a rock, mighty man of God, who had demonstrated the great power of God, but he's now hiding in a cave, running away from Jezebel, running away even from the calling of God on his life because he was just like, God, take me now. I'm ready. I'm the only one left. Let me just die. We get to that place, don't we, where you're, you're, you've just seen the hand of God or you've just seen a mighty miracle or, or, you know, God has worked mighty miracles through you. But then just one little phone call or one little letter or one little thing that happens and we are scared, we are trembling, we, we, we are fearful, we don't know, we are running away because we think this is it, this is the end. And how quick we are to forget that we serve a mighty God, and the same God who managed to deliver us or, or to demonstrate the power that he demonstrated before is the same God who will deliver us from whatever it is that we're facing. But for me, it's the still small voice, you know, in, in, in the King James Version, it uses the still small voice. In this version, I think we heard the gentle whisper, the gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit or the gentle whisper of God. And again, it just reminds me of what um, David was speaking about last week, doesn't it? David talked about the moanings and the groanings of the earth, the external voices, right? But he said inside there's a gentle sigh, the sigh of the Holy Spirit. Do we remember what he said? <laughs> I hope we do. We might get chocolate next week if we manage. <laughs> so I'm kind of telling you guys in advance. <laughs> next week when he comes, we might get some free chocolate or tissue. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's the still small voice. What amazed me about this story when I read it, now I had to read it again and again, is that he was told, look, come out of that cave, the, the Lord is about to pass by. 
and there was a mighty wind. You know, the, the Bible actually says, that was in verse, Jason, if you go back to it. And it was in verse uh, 11. Yeah, verse 11. It says, it was, there was a great and powerful wind. So that's a mighty wind that tears the mountain apart. A wind that tears the mountain apart. I mean, let's think about that. A wind that tears the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in that wind. So you'd have thought, like, even just that first sign, oh, you would know that God is here because there's a mighty demonstration. But the word tells us that actually God was not in that wind. And then came an earthquake and then came a fire. And again, he was not in any of those. He was in the still small voice. He was in the gentle whisper. So there was, which means there was no message in the wind. There was no message in the earthquake or the fire. But the message was in the still small voice. And what amazed me too is that Elijah was patient enough to keep waiting. You know? Because sometimes you're like, okay, fine. So maybe even if you go into a time of prayer or even if you... If something, or you're waiting on the Lord, if you, <laughs> imagine, just imagine it. You're in your house, you're having your personal devotion, and you're sitting reading the word, and you say, speak to me, Lord, and then there's an earthquake or something that happens. Will you still sit there and wait for the, what, what will you do? <laughs> I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> but I'm just wondering whether you'd still keep waiting. And then there's an earthquake, and then there's a fire, and you're like, he's not in there. He, you're waiting. But I think, you know, it's, it's, it's written in such a dramatic way just to show us the importance as well. Waiting to hear from, the, from God, waiting for that still, small voice, waiting for that note when you know that you know without a shadow of doubt that this is God who is speaking to me, and this is the, the witness in your spirit, that gentle sigh, the sigh, the inner sigh of the Holy Spirit. This is what we have now as the new creation. As, as the New Testament people, we have that gentle sigh of the Holy Spirit, the witness, where it doesn't matter whether a song is being sung, people are dancing or not, but if he hasn't yet, he will speak to you, right? It's that gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit. And when Elijah heard it, he knew because it says he covered his head, his cloak around him. In other words, he went into a position of worship, right? He was awed. He was in reverence. He, 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 he was worshiping God. He knew that the presence of the Lord, you know, was be still for the presence of the Lord is in this place. Be still for the, be still for the presence of the Lord is in this place. We have to worship him. We have to cover our faces. We have to give him everything. We said, it's all about you. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, Lord, where it's all about you. It's all about where we focus on him. I'm sorry, Lord, for all the things that I've made it, but it's really, it's all about you. It's all about Jesus. And when his presence is in this place, when his presence is, is there, then you cover your head or you bow down and you worship and you hear what he has to say. Yeah, that still small voice, that inner witness 
of the Holy Spirit in us, that inner sighing, that inward sigh, it says. But do we have the patience to wait and to listen for that still small voice? You know, I was thinking, I was challenged actually as I was preparing that, okay, so we've all heard it, that we've got one mouth, two ears. And I thought, so maybe, do you think that's the ratio? I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I'm me thinking out loud and asking out loud. Is that the ratio maybe that God wants from us as well? As in, if I say I want to pray for 30 seconds, or I want to you know, pray for 30 seconds, should I literally just talk for 10 seconds, and then should I use the other 20 seconds to listen? This was me just asking myself, and then I said, well, actually, what if, what if that was three minutes, so it's one minute, two minutes? What if that was an hour? What if that was three hours? You know, can I talk, 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 talk for an hour, and then listen for two hours? It, be- it becomes harder, the, the amount of time that you put on- onto. If it's 10 seconds of talking and 20 seconds of hearing. But then I was just challenged in my own spirit, but if I, you start somewhere and gradually build on it. But I think... The key thing that I am talking about today and, and, and ministering to you and myself is about listening, listening to God and not just waiting for the big demonstrations of power. Elijah had just seen it. Fire came down from earth and consumed this animal even though it was drenched in water. So there's nothing that God cannot do, right? He did the impossible there. He's a great big God, mighty power, but he still witnesses and speaks to you and me in our own personal situations, you know, and give us a person, you know, we didn't really dwell on what he, t- what he told Elijah to do, and I won't dwell on it, but he gave Elijah specific instructions, go, anoint so-and-so, go, do that and that, go back the way you came, really specific and I believe when we hear the voice of God, he gives us specific instructions for the situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in. Whatever it is that we're struggling with, whatever it is that is, that is challenging us, whether physically, emotionally, mentally. But we also have to be honest. Did you see how Elijah was honest when he spoke to God? God said, what are you doing here? Or what do you want? Or chi, that's in my language, sorry. But chi would be like, what is it? What? Where are you? What, what are you doing here? And Elijah didn't try and, you know, I think, I think this is the thing about having that one-on-one time with God. You know, the Bible says when you pray, Jesus actually taught us, he says when you pray, go to your room, close the door. And speak to your father who is in heaven, who knows all things, and he will hear you. You know, it, he, he hears what you do in secret, and he reward, it says then he will reward you. And some, some version says he rewards you publicly. But this is the thing. If we, there are times when, if I'm speaking to you or, or John or anyone, I can give you half the story, right? And say, well, Ed and I are fine, you know, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, but I won't tell you the nitty-gritty details of maybe what we're going through or what I'm going through because, I don't know, I fear you might judge me, I fear all sorts of things, maybe, I don't know. 
but with God, what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is with God, when you have that personal time with him, don't hold back, right? He knows everything anyway. But sometimes to break it down and tell him, like what Elijah was saying, like, I don't know whether Elijah would be able to say this to Ahab. You know, because in front of Ahab and in front of the prophets of Baal, he was like, ha ha, tell your God, your God can't do anything. My God is strong. He was boasting of the Lord. And, but I wonder whether he'd be able to say, I'm fearful of Jezebel. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. God, kill me now. Because, because now this is where he was. But when he was alone with God, one-on-one with God, he managed to say this and say, Lord, in verse 14, he says, God, I am scared. I've been zealous for you. He even says, he says, I've been, I've worked so hard. I've given you everything. Everyone else has rejected your covenant. They've broken down your altars. They've done this, but I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. What do I do, God? What do I do, you know? Really breaking it down to God. Really telling God what is going on. Things that I can't perhaps tell you, John, but I can tell God, right? And that only comes when you make time for that one-to-one. Make time for that personal, that, that personal conversation <laughs> with God. And it is a conversation. You tell him and you wait. And he will tell you. Yeah, we can be so impressed sometimes by the powerful workings of God. This is what I've written here. The signs and wonders, the big things, you know. And there is, of course, there is um, a place for that. But there is also a place for us to, to hear the still small voice or the gentle whisper of God. To have a personal encounter with him. Uh, and, and to develop that depth of faith when you speak to him. I mean, we see it even in the New Testament. Jesus often withdrew from the multitudes. He, I mean, he performed great miracles. I mean, who are we going to compare him with? He performed great and wonderful miracles. And there were multitudes, loads and loads of people always following him. And then, of course, he had his disciples around him. And even his mom and brothers were always looking for him, right? But time and time again, we read that he withdrew. He withdrew from the crowds and he went to pray. He went to seek God. He was alone. Times of solitude with God. And sometimes that still small voice, for me, for me personally, when I read his word, when I read, when I give myself time to read God's word, there are times when the word then just speaks to me. And, and I know that's God speaking. Because it will address a certain thing or a certain something that's happening. And there it is, right there. You know, you can, you can even have people say, right, oh, please pray for me for this, or please pray for me for that. And then you say, oh, yeah, okay. And then you, but then you, when you go to your room and you've long forgotten about that, and then you're now reading the word, and then suddenly you see it, and you're like, whoa, 
you know? And you know, you know without a, you know, it's that, for me, that's the still small voice or the gentle whisper. That's him speaking with me as well. But we need to give that space for, for him to be able to speak to you. To, he is still speaking. We know that he does speak, you know? Um, he is still speaking, but we need to give him the space. But how, how do you feel about um, silence in general? <laughs> what is it about silence that most of us don't really like? I don't know. <laughs> Sends you to sleep maybe, yes? But there's just something about silence, right? Like, like complete silence. We, we always want something. We always want something in the background, a little tune or... Even the hum of the fridge or something, you know, or, or, or the next door neighbor's lawnmower or something. I don't know. You want to hear something, um, which is interesting because when it snows, you have that dead silence, right, most of the times. And you're like, but it's actually beautiful. I like it. It's actually beautiful when you hear the dead silence. But then there's something about that. But I, I, I think we should embrace it a bit more in our, in our daily walk and our daily relationship and, and, and in, our, in our daily relationship with God and how we grow our faith to embrace that silence and being still before God. If you want, start with the 10, 10 20 seconds or start with 10 minutes or start, with where, start somewhere. But what I'm saying is if you give him the opportunity to speak, he will speak. If you give him the space and opportunity, if you wait on him, as Elijah was waiting, earthquakes came, winds came, fires came, but he was just waiting by that cave, and then he heard the, 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 the gentle whisper of, of God, and he covered his cloak, and he listened. <clears throat> Psalm 46, we read Psalm 46 as we were starting out. Jason, sorry, but do you mind taking us back to Psalm 46? Jason is a star today. <laughs> if you can. Oh, wow. That was quick. Um, in my Bible, and I think I checked in that Bible as well, in most Bibles, there's this word called selah, S-E-L-A-H, that comes after, you know, you've been reading, reading, and then you see selah. And in Psalm 46, it might not show here, but in, if you look in, into your actual Bibles, when you read Psalm 46, there's a couple, couple of sellers there. Um, nobody seems to really know what they mean. Because I looked it up on the internet. Does anyone know? It's a pause, right? It's a pause and calmly think about that. Yeah. Reflect. Yes. So that's what I was researching as well. And that's, that's what it is. And and what we don't know is how long is that pause? Could be a minute, could be a day, could be a year. Could be anything, right? But it's, what I've realized is that David or the, or, or the writers of the psalm built in these places of pausing and reflecting and really taking it in and possibly listening to what God has to say. So in Psalm 46, um, as we read and read, and then in verse 10, there's a selah, sorry, there's a selah after verse 3. It says, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. 
though its waters roar and form and the mountains quake with their surging. Selah. Between three and four. So you have to pause, reflect, think about that. Give it time. Let it digest. Let God speak to you. What is he saying? And then there is a river whose streams, etc., etc., and you keep going. And then there's a Selah again after verse seven. And you pause and you reflect and you think about that and you hear from God. And then come and see the works of the hands. But in verse 10, we then have, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we do need to be still. We do need to be still. And it's about quieting not just the physical noise around you, but I think David even talked about that as well. It's quieting your flesh, your, your mind. The mind wanders. I tell you, if you go back home and you, and I was doing this this week because I was preparing for this message and I said, I've got to learn to put this into practice myself. And you, I'd be still. And then you start thinking, what's for lunch? What time is Waisha coming? Oh, the queen has died. Oh, th- there's a lot that you can think of, right? And even if, even if you manage to quieten that bit down, then there's other things like, huh, what if people don't want, like the message? What if, well, but then, you know, you start to think of all sorts of things. Be still, focus on the one. Focus on God, focus on Jesus, you know. So maybe you have known God for a very long time. Maybe you you haven't known him for very long. Maybe your relationship with him is only starting. Or maybe you don't even have the relationship with him. Whoever you are, whichever place you're in, whatever part of the journey you are, he wants to speak to you. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to be intentional about being quiet or having that time. Speak, pray. Yes, by all means, tell God, but then wait. Wait on him. We know, we know the famous verse, right? They that wait upon the Lord, they renew their strength. There's perhaps a different type of waiting, but even in this context, it's the literally waiting upon the Lord and you renew your strength and you mount up with wings as eagles and you soar. And actually, if we think about it, this is exactly what happened to Elijah afterwards. He waited, he heard, then he mounted up with wings and he, as an eagle and soared. He, he did actually literally saw later on, right? As in because he, 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 he was trans, transported by a chariot of fire. He, he did not see death. But it's about being intentional, about waiting. And I, I, I'm not a poet. Where is Linda today? She's not here. Okay, I'm not a poet at all. But um, I just <laughs> have four lines. So maybe it, it is poem. Who knows? But this is what I heard as well when I was waiting um, and as I was preparing. Because I was asking God, so how long for? How long should I wait for? He says, wait until the sound of the internal winds, the internal earthquakes and internal fires in you are stilled. Wait long enough for you to silence your flesh. Wait until the noise dies down. Wait until your flesh is quietened. 
Wait until your mind is stayed on him. For he keeps in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Then he says, wait for the weight of his glory. Father, we thank you because you are a God who, oh, you demonstrated mighty power in front of King Asa, King Ahab, sorry, and, and the prophets of Baal. You demonstrated mighty power and everybody knew that you are the God who answers by fire. But at the same time, we thank you that you spoke to Elijah in the secret place that of, of the cave. You spoke to him in a gentle whisper and he knew it was you. So Father, this morning we, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would speak to us too in that same gentle whisper. As we go back to our homes, we ask, Lord, that you would give us the grace to create time, to create that space for us to wait on you and to hear your voice. And Lord, we know that when you tell us specific instructions regarding the situations we find ourselves in, then there can only be victory. Then there can only be victory because the word has come from you and we will know how to deal with the things that we face. Teach us to pray, Lord. Teach us to wait. Teach us to listen. In the name of Jesus. Amen.